Woof, woof, woof. Bit of a different show today on the Non-Chasers. Shag is up in sunny Queensland. Kenny is uh, MIA and Gunnar is still on the beaches with his hoodie on. So uh, no guests here, so it's just me. And instead of boring you all day just listening to my voice, we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and go through the archives of some of our favourite interviews that we have done on this very podcast. The first one we're going to kick off is when we got the great man Martin Attard. For, for those who don't know, Martin and his brother trained a dog called Frosty Black Jay that had 135 starts to never win a race on the racetrack. This was back in 2019. We had a good old gas bag with Martin. Have a listen to this. Gunner. We have been Give the listeners what they want. We are giving the listeners what they want. They've been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then today we got a visual. We didn't get a visual. <laughs> we, we got audio. After last week, we, we cold called him we last did. week on the non-chasers for all of you that listened. And we heard the, when the nice sort of raspy voice of one Martin Attard now. Please leave a message. Goodbye. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Suffice to say, we were a little bit, uh, well, not worried, but you could have gone anywhere when we, we didn't know if the man was going to be, uh, you know, in our throats for uh, wanting to track him down. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, we didn't know if he was going to be a little bit volatile or anything like that. Anyway, we got our man at Tard Watch, Australia's favourite segment <laughs> on Australia's favourite Greyhound podcast, let that be known, has come to an end. Let's have a listen to what happened when we got our man, Reynold Attard, well, not Reynold, Martin, the brother, the uh, formidable training duo up there in Queensland. We got hold of him. This is how it unfolded. Attard watch. Consider it done. All right, Gunner, we've searched from Cannington in the west, from Hobart down <laughs> south. With, we've gone via Wentworth Park in Sydney, which you said is a kilometre from Circular Keys, but that's neither which here nor there. Which you still owe me a lunch for. And we've ventured all the way up to Ipswich, even closer, we've got to Grafton. We finally have our man, Martin Attard, the brother of Reynold Attard. Welcome to the Non-Chasers, Martin. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. I'm love to be on the show. We've got him, we've got him going. How's it feel? <laughs> weeks and weeks of finally trying to penetrate the defence up there, and we've finally got Martin. Finally penetrated the first defence <laughs> wall in the ATL at our top line lodge. <laughs> Oh, so good. Um, just just before we start, is everything okay? You said you're going to hospital this afternoon. Yeah, you? I'm waiting to sort of go. I've got a two o'clock appointment. Um, you know where I'm talking from? I'm in the Grafton Kennels, Greyhound Kennels. Oh, really? Oh, perfect. Because oh, there's it's a bee, beehive of activity at the moment. They've got builders building buildings. <laughs> They've got the groundsman using his... Turbo-powered, right on mower. <laughs> hey, Martin, the reason we want to talk to you, mate, obviously, is the great man, Frosty Black Jay, 138 starts, 10 seconds, 18 thirds, only picked up a paycheck of $5,915, and earlier this year, you decided to retire the great dog. How did it feel to train one of the superstars of the Australian greyhound world, Frosty Black Jay? Well, after having a, such a great dog like his old man, Frosty JJ, it was a bit of a letdown, but <laughs> Reynolds and I 
we treated them as a challenge Ooh. because we've done a lot of work. Our reputation's worldwide when it comes to fixing dogs, but he was a challenge. But <laughs> fixing he, he fixing us dogs or fixing dog races? <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when people have not non-chasers and bad box dogs, they send it. Their last resort is to send them to us, ATL. <laughs> uh, you can see, you guys consider the uh, greyhound whisperers. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of dog whispering in the kennel. What, what kind of things do you? Is there a particular line that you like to part with, or is it a case by case basis? Well, I've got one racing tomorrow, Belvedere Babe. Get on! Oh, this is an early scoop for the listeners. Yeah, she's in race eleven. Oh, sorry, she's in race. Nine, I wrote it down somewhere. Now, race <laughs> eleven, yeah, race eleven, box four. And where, where's this at? Is this at Albion Park? At Albion Park, Ooh, right, on on Brisbane, uh, on the yeah, on the big. She night. goes at yeah ten twenty three, but you've got to whisper, you've got to tell her good things <laughs> because she picks up on bad vibes. That's right. It's, ama- it's amazing how much. Uh, Dogs do pick up on the behaviour of their trainers and, and handlers. Yeah, they do. Um, do, you, do you box them yourself? Well, I should be boxing her because she goes four lengths better for me than my brother. Oh, well, there's um, there's definitely some rivalry rivalry that happens when it comes to uh, those that are training in partnership. So make, make sure you jot that down. If you see Martin boxing the dogs, that they're going to jump a lot better than yeah, Reynolds. And normally, if I'm boxing her... I'll, I'll raise my cap saying, get on. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, getting back to uh, the great superstar of the sand, Frosty Black Jay. So yeah. what 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 was it about the great dog that, uh, you know, you, you, people say, you know, couldn't quite rail properly, didn't, you know, have a great yeah, box etiquette. Well, what do you think was the reason I'm tell you why there was 138 starts for no wins? Yeah, you won't believe what I'm about to tell you. He holds a sectional record <laughs> at the Ipswich track. <laughs> Over which distance? And it's from the finishing post to the catching pen. <laughs> <laughs> and was there anything particular in the pat- in the catching pen that got Frosty Black Jay Yeah, excited? he doesn't like dogs winning the race. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Well, he could have stopped that by winning a few himself. <laughs> Oh mate, so we had ten ten seconds. Now I've gone back to the uh, to the records. I've done a bit of a deep dive. Do you know the closest you ever came to a victory with Frosty Black Jay? I've got the answer yeah. here. Do you know when it was and how what the when margin my kennel mate beat him? <laughs> Tax collector. <laughs> On the twenty sixth of May in two thousand and seventeen, Frosty Black Jay was two point two five lengths off the uh, off the Golden Goose and couldn't quite get there. Yep. Um, I, I think did... it was tax collector that beat him, my kennel mate. Oh, well, I'll, I'll that's go. Right. As long as the money's all going into the right camp, that's fine. <laughs> um, now, yeah. you mentioned the sire earlier on. Uh, it had a decent win up the straight at, at Hillsville. Did you did you ever think of giving Frosty Blackjay a few uh, few more runs up the straight at Capella Bar? Well, yeah, he was very slow up there. <laughs> <Very> slow. <laughs> uh, so I not... think his best, his best time was about... 20 and 67. Yeah, which is not really getting the job done at Gibbons is it? I could crab walk quicker than that. I'm not sure you could, Paddy, but anyway. (laughs) All right, mate. So, Martin, what was it that you are, you know, 138 starts, some would uh, 
maybe call you crazy to, to continue to go back to the track. What was it that kept you going back? Was it did you want to well, cha- did you want to chase your? Uh, uh, no, I wanted to put the dog in the Guinness Book of Records <laughs> for the most number of starts for a non-winner. <laughs> Plus, he would have been. I think he, he retired as the greatest prize-winning maiden in Australia. <laughs> that is an effort. <laughs> well, I noticed your your camp had another dog, Hot Tiger, who had 165 starts back in sort of 2013. Right. That had 14 and, wins, luckily. So yeah, compared to. Black Jay, he's the champion. <laughs> did, now, you, it, did you get that Guinness World Record for the most starts without a win? Well, I was going to ask you, Blake, can you get him into the Guinness Book of Records? Well, oh, I don't know. We'll, 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 get our, we'll get our people to talk to the Guinness World Record people, mate. We'll go <laughs> from there. see what the record because is. Because I think he's earned a, a mention in it. Yeah, we, because we, we can find tell a record me who would keep Who would keep a dog for 140 starts? No one in their right mind would do it. No, if we can't get him in the record books for that, we'll get him in the record books for the fastest sectional from the winning post to the catching <laughs> pen at Ipswich. <laughs> um, now, he, he topped out at about uh, $43 on average in prize money for each start that he had. Does it actually cost you more to travel from home to the track and back than Frosty was picking up checks? No, because it's only 15 minutes. Oh, oh that's track. all right. You can walk him there. <laughs> Is that the problem? Are no, you walking he, him there? Our appearance money has gone up to $66 now <laughs> per good. dog. Very good. Even, <laughs> even, more, even more so to, uh, to keep these ones uh, in the pool to make sure they're uh, collecting a check where they can. Oh, I love it. So, Martin, where, you know, obviously Frosty Blackjay has been able to uh, enjoy the, the fruits of retirement now and 135 starts for, for zero wins and find them how to put the feet up. Where Where is Frosty Blackjack at the moment? Have you still got him what? sort of... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the reason why he was retired. Okay, here we go. He, Another scoop. He got too old and he's a master's dog, but maiden master, there's no maiden master's class. Is this something that uh, you perhaps brought up with, with uh, stewards and the like within Queensland Racing, whether there should be? I think they should be, you know. Definitely keep uh, dogs that are fit and healthy running for a lot. Well, longer, once you got, it? once you got two masters, that's forty-two months. Yeah. So where where is he now then? Well, his his brother Blue Jay was worse than him. <laughs> so you could have just had a you could have had your your own grade basically up there. You could have had the the Atta Yeah. Well, masters. anyway, yeah. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> We've got the Greyhound Adoption Program going, which every state has. Mm-hmm. But so Black Jay, Blue Jay, and his mate Barney, which was Orange <laughs> Orange Oak Road, they all went to the gap. Oh, I hope they've all ended up uh, on a couch together and gone to the same house. That that'd be a, that'd be a great retirement. <laughs> do you, retire do you with know? Do you know where? Do you know? Do you know which family picked? Picked him up in the gap because that's maybe our next challenge. If we can get this, if we can get hey, this family I, on the line and we can speak to them, no, and ask I told the gap, at least if he's a good I, dog I around the, the house. The, I said to the people of the gap, "Don't tell me what to do with them. I don't want to know." Oh, I think that's our next challenge, Gunner. Right there. Yeah, well, it's um. Let's get on the let's get on the phone to the gaff and it's ask, like a non chasers version of where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> we will not stop until we get uh, a visual of Frosty Blackjay. 
Oh. Um, Martin, tell us how long have you been involved in greyhound racing, uh, <coughs> and, and how did you get into it initially? Well, my brother and I, incidentally, that's the name of our first dog, brother and I. Ooh. Oh, okay, very good. It had A and I on the end of brother, but they called it brother Rani. <laughs> very good. And we gave this dog to a trainer. We didn't know much about the dogs at the time. And he kept running last, last, last. So what what year are we talking here, Martin? In 1976. So you guys have been involved for a long time. Yeah. Sorry, so I'll so, cut you off there. Keep going. So we said to the trainer, we can, we can do as good as you. Run last, last, last. <laughs> so we took the dog and we got some advice from the breeder. And you wouldn't believe it. The dog won by 10 links at his first start. Because... <laughs> <laughs> been a dog whisperer ever since. And we were bitten. Hey, we were bitten. And we've been in it ever since. Uh, so we're still going. Beautiful. So who uh, have you got the... You've got the eye for the talent, obviously, uh, getting sourcing these dogs for uh, 180 starts without wins. Uh, is Who puts the polish on them in the end? Is there one of, is there one of you out of the brothers that that uh, looks we're after both, some things more than the other. See, we're both class one trainers, both of us. So, and we've done work for for even trainers in Melbourne. Brett Bravo. Oh yes, he's and still we, still going strong. Did you teach him everything that he knows now? You know, you remember the dog Kilter Magic? Uh, a bit bit uh, before my time, I think. He gets before no, my time no. as well, Martin. Brett Bravo, you know Brett Bravo. I know who Brett Bravo is. Yes, yes. He's 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 a top Group One trainer. He sure is. And this dog came close to winning the Sale Cup. Ooh. And people couldn't break a run up here. Ooh, okay. What what is your what is your biggest win, out of curiosity, Martin? Or well, it had the... to be Frosty JJ. Yeah. At the Heelsville Cup. The Heelsville yeah. Cup won the Group Two yep. Heelsville Cup. Yep. Down the street. I think that year was the best field ever assembled. Can you remember? Can you remember Paul Licking was in it. Yep, yeah, yeah, good dog. And Paul Licking won five Group Ones. And my, and Cal Greeno told me that every time they trialed together, Frosty would beat him, and he proved that at Hillsville. Back in yeah, Frosty could win on anything. One turn, two turn, five hundred, six hundred. He could win. He was the most versatile dog you could imagine. A win down at Sandown as well. So you've. Sandown, Meadows. Meadows. Beautiful. Geelong. Very good. Good place, what, Geelong. When are we going to next see you down in uh, in Victoria? Well, I've got the place, two of, of, the place of dreams, Martin. Yeah, I've got two of his sons now. And they've got the potential to be as good as Frosty JJ at the moment. Oh, well, that's good news to hear. So, how, so how... I'll be coming to Melbourne to, to watch a show live. Oh yes, very much. Maybe you might have a runner in the Melbourne Cup, mate. You could you could come and co-host. <laughs> well, mate, you got to knock on wood. You can't give you can't overwrap dogs because you know what happens oh, when it, you yeah. do it. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, are these ones where where are they at? Are they in pre-training, broken in? Are they are they getting this, close to the track? We we're finishing their breaking off program, and you know there's a two eighty eight meter race. At, at Ipswich, the times they're running now are free-for-all times. Okay, that's a good sign. Good early yeah. speed, or do they come home a bit stronger? I think they'll be strong dogs, eh? 
Okay, that's good. Well, we're ex- we're excited for you, Martin. We wish you all yeah. the best. With no those, worries. With thanks for that. Nah, no, no, Martin. Just just before we do let you go, we we must say thank you very much. It's been a as we said there in the intro, we've searched high and low, mate. It's been week after week, and finally we we finally got to you, and you've been a great sport in letting us uh, talk some turkey and some greyhounds with you. So <laughs> really appreciate it, mate. Next time. I want you to interview Reginald. Oh, wow. Well. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get old Reggie on the phone if he wants to come on. What? Have you got Have you got a parting tip for us? I know you gave one to us tomorrow night, but any anything else, Martin? Yeah, yeah Friday, Friday at uh, Ipswich, um, I've got a bitch racing by the name of Bella, Belset, B-E-L-L-E-C-E-T-T-E. She's going to be a roughy, but she's a good each-way chance. Good well, each-way what, chance. what boxes has uh, she got on, on Race Friday? nine, box four. That's all I've been drawing this week, box fours. Okay. <laughs> Get your sports bet app out and put the black book in. And Ipswich, race nine, number four on Friday night, did you say, Martin? Yes, Friday. Friday 6.40. Beautiful, 6.40. Australian time, Eastern just, Standard Time. Just before the footy. <laughs> and, Prime uh, yeah, punting time. A roughy winner. Um, and, and... Yeah, but... Don't ring me up if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, Martin, mate, again, we appreciate it. And we look forward to, well, you know, maybe speaking to you in the future a few more times. We'll get Reginald on the blower as well. Yeah, and as we said, not? mate, you've been a great sport. And uh, we look forward to hearing you from Okay. Hearing from you Thanks right a lot. Thanks, Martin. Right. Thanks, Martin. See you, mate. Bye. Welcome back to the non-chasers. Just me here in the studio. And as I said at the top of the show, you don't want to listen to me all day long. We just heard there from Martin Attard, of course, the trainer of, well, we'll call him Australia's most unluckiest greyhound. Never got a win in 135 starts. And as we heard there, broke the sectional record from the uh, finishing post back to the catching pen up at Ipswich. But up next, we'll uh, have a chat to Robbie Britton. This is back in February 2019, of course, when Tornado Tears was at the peak of his powers. You might also hear... An old favourite voice out of this interview, our great friend Rhino Rossborough, who, who of course left us back to Ireland a couple of years ago. But uh, no, have a listen to this. This is of course Rob Britton on the non chasers. <coughs> Benali Barkali not available to name a few. He's also got tornado tears. He is arguably the greatest trainer in the land. He runs them up and down the beach there at Lara, Gunner and Rhino. I'm talking about none other than Rob Brexit Britain. Welcome to the non-chasers. Second G'day, time Patty. lucky. Rob, how second are you? Time lucky. Second time lucky. I'm certain we've done this before somewhere. <laughs> I can confirm. That the record button has been pressed. In fact, I'm looking at the record button the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to muck you around last week, Rob, but mate, thank you so much for coming on this week. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, good. Yeah, quite relaxed. And and uh, as long as the dogs are right, doesn't worry about me. Are you as relaxed as you uh, you were on Saturday night when Tornado Tears just put lengths upon lengths upon the rest of the field, and now is a, a dollar twenty favourite in the uh, Superstars final this weekend. Yeah, look, I'm just going to enjoy the week because uh, it's like anything, whatever happens, happens. You can't control it. As long as you, the dog goes in fit and well, that's all I can do. He, uh, I, I'm not really happy with the setup. I think if if there was going to be an upset, it's uh, drawn outside of a dog like uh, Black Impala is a, not, a, not a really good place to be. Mm. But um, but in saying that, he's fit and well, and we, as I said, we can't change anything. On the subject of fitness, Rob, he's now having his uh, third third run in a row 
over 700 after a long layoff. Probably not your ideal preparation for him, being that being out that long. But but you're happy he's he's travelling along okay. Yeah, look he look he hasn't he hasn't missed a beat actually. Like last week, I was a little bit concerned being or the week before I should say being first up over 700. But he hasn't touched his water. He's he's worked well and and injury hasn't reoccurred. It's 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 in in the past now. So yeah, I couldn't be happier with that. That he's he should be uh, hardening up and getting in some sort of uh, you know hard fitness now. Hi Rob, Ryan here. Can you hear me okay, or can you make yeah. me out okay? Yeah. Can you understand him okay? Just, hang on, I'll just get my interpreter out. For a <laughs> uh, Rob, just a quick one. Um, I was discussing with the lads already today. Um, how do you think the track was on Saturday night, or do, do you believe that it got quicker as the night went on, or what was your assumption of it? I got no doubts about that. Um, you only have to look at the replays from uh, um, Black. Uh, uh, black, oh, so was opium. It, uh, black opium seemed to be running around in the muck. Uh, you can see the footprints very clearly, and I felt the same even in the first staying heat. But uh, you can see as the night went on, those footprints disappeared, and it looked a lot faster as the night went on. Th- thanks for that, Rob. Ryan's going to dine out on that for the rest of his life. The Group 1 Hall of Fame trainers agreed with him when it comes to bloody he's, track bias. He's, been, he's sitting in here fist-pumping like he does oh, out there on a Saturday night. Mate, Rob, you recently got back from uh, Ireland, Clonmel to be exact, and Rhino is also chumming at the bit to ask you a little bit about that one. How was it? Did the Guinness just run forever and ever? Are you going to be back there again? How was it? Fill us in. Well, it wouldn't want to be closer than once a year because I think it'll take us that long to recover. But, but, it, but no, look, it was a, just a great event and uh, good for any greyhound person to see that see that, that sort of spectacle. Um, but as I say, by uh, by the end of the second day of the three-day carnival, I think we'd uh, we'd seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> we'd drunk enough. <laughs> Tell me this, Rob. Would it give you any consideration towards maybe sending one of your dogs from Australia to Ireland for maybe a, a well, dig at the it, Irish Greyhound Derby or maybe even the English yeah, Greyhound look, Derby? It, it certainly has lit a flame amongst the group. There was 12 of us went over. We've actually been discussing it this week, whether we could find the right dog to uh, send across for the English and Irish Derbies. Yeah, I think um, that the same discussions going on with another top trainer, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, you look, wouldn't be it's, alone in thinking that. It's not that hard now. Like once upon a time, you couldn't move the dogs uh, because of quarantine. But while you can't get them back easily, you can you can get over there now within about three weeks okay. of um, of um, making the decision to go. So, look, it's certainly on the cards. I, I think the main thing is to have them over there long enough so that they can acclimatise to the outside lure. So, as I said, we're just looking at that now, whether it's possible. And, so, and the other thing, you've got to have the right dog, so that we've got to find the right dog for that. Just chuck them on the business class seat next to you there, Rob, and uh, <laughs> fly them over with you. Yeah, Rob, yeah. He'd, be, uh, he'd be up the front because I'm up the back, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> chuck him in the cockpit. Could, uh, yeah. Mate, I want to ask about Tornado Tears. Is he the best dog in the land? Look, at the moment, he's the best stayer in the land, um, certainly down here. I wouldn't say. I think the Finns might argue that uh, Poco Dorado is an outstanding dog in Sydney. So that would be an interesting clash if we ever get that. Uh, but but uh, down here, he certainly uh, seems to have the wood on the others with a clear run. And I say that with a clear run because uh, 
believe me, Greyhound Racing can bring you undone pretty quick if uh, things don't go your way in the race. Yeah, I, I think, in my uh, humble opinion, Rob, a, a lot of the uh, Greyhound followers tend to go towards the sprinters to find their best dog. But in, in my opinion, I think Tornado Tears is the best dog in the land. But not that that uh, says much. Uh, the Superstayers, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of familiar. Al- Familiar. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I know what you the, mean. You're stuck in the boxes there, mate. <laughs> There's a lot that you're familiar with in this event, given it's named after a champion that you tra- trained in Fanta Bale. But if Tornado Tears hits the front and sees the lure early and leads, there's a chance that he breaks Space Star's track record, which you also train. So there's a lot about this event that, that certainly rings home with you. Yeah, look, it, it, as I say, I'd... Wouldn't be surprised he could break that record if everything went to plan. But as I said before, I honestly can't see him leading and I think he will need luck through the first turn. So we just hope he can hold his ground and be somewhere up there. It's uh, it's just one of those races where uh, there's a couple of dogs that don't run that straight in it. They, they want to get off. And uh, as I say, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I always say if you, you're not going to win every race and those are the type of things that usually bring you undone. So... I'm just hoping that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Rob, just I, I, I'm a big fan of um, sort of young dogs always coming through. We like to call them the boom dogs here in this show. Um, if there was one young dog that you could keep or could take into your kennel that you don't currently have, what who would it be? Oh, look, there's a lot of good young dogs coming through at the moment. Um, a dog that looks pretty exciting um, through the Ballarat series is a dog called Flynn. Yeah, yep, uh, yep. he looks like he'll be an up-and-comer in in the uh, next few months. Um, there's plenty of others. Anthony has a party. He's got a couple of really nice young dogs, and I think uh, um, Angela Langton's got a couple too that look look as though they're going to be uh, make their present fault. I just wish I had one of them, but I, I haven't got one at the moment that can <laughs> can match those sort of dogs. I think that Flynn dog looks a bit above, above beyond special now as well. So yeah, he's absolutely, and he yeah. looks like might have some strength too, which yeah. is uh, going to see him in over the 500. Uh, Rob, there's a big event down your way that happens once every uh, two years. How do the dogs cope with the Avalon Air Show? <laughs> Look, uh, they flew across yesterday and, uh, to be quite honest, uh, it was pretty frightening. But, look, it doesn't happen very often up my end of town. I feel sorry for David Gill. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's right over the flight, flight path and uh, I reckon he might have... Uh, uh, deafness in his dog's ears. So. Yeah, he's got a couple of F-18 Hornet fighter jets just ripping the roof off the kennel. That is not good preparation. Well, the, uh, the, the Sharps and, and, and the Grenfells are probably a little bit closer to the action yeah. as well. Yeah, all, so. and, and the Truans and, and the Womans. And they're, they're all in the uh, firing line for that. And I know every time it's on, they they it's a bit of a nightmare for them. But, um, but again... Uh, um, good old dogs seem to be able to handle that. It's the young dogs you'd have to worry about. Not much you can do when the uh, sort no. of RAAF just want to well, put on an air show, is it? It's good practice. It's good practice for uh, for getting when the when the band starts up at the meadows on Saturday <laughs> night. So. Yeah, when the US military rolls into town, you tend to just roll out the red carpet and say yes, sir, no, sir, and wait till they leave. <laughs> Rob, we like to play a quick game here on the uh, on the non chasers. Just with that, uh, with all our get, we'll all up. Uh, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied as well. With all <laughs> our guests, this one's called Know Your Tracks. These are Victorian greyhound race tracks. I'm going to give you three distances, and I want you to tell me which track they are. And I want to see if you can nail three out of three. I'm fairly confident you'll uh, you'll be able to knock this one off. 
My memory's not that t- that good when we did it the other day. I still can't remember what it was. Well, I've changed the tracks. Here we go. Start with a nice little easy one. Five two five meters, six hundred meters, and seven twenty five meters. Where would you find that, Rob Britton? It sounds like the meadows yeah. will be so don't Ding. Very, very good. Ding ding. Three ninety meters, four fifty meters, and six fifty meters. Now I got caught with this one the other day, didn't I? Uh, I think. I think Ballarat's got those ones, but I think is it Shepparton that's got the uh, is is that only those three distances? Yeah, good. You're bloody spot yeah, on. Well three ninety four fifty and sixty is at Shepparton now. This is Horsham. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, hang, no, hang on. Well, well, he's, giving you, he's giving you Horsham. What are the two trap distances? We'll do a reverse. What are the okay, two trap distances at Horsham? Oh, uh, four four eighty five. Yes. Uh, yep. And uh, is it a 410? It is. Rob Britton knows his tracks. Paddy melted down, but you <laughs> certainly didn't. <laughs> Rob, anything on uh, on Saturday we need to get on? Not particularly. I'm just hoping like we get a clear run with uh, Tornado Tears, to tell you the truth, uh, um, of the others. Uh, Benali was a really good run, even though he only ran fourth last week. Back over 600 is where, where he should be. Um so as I said, he he's a chance with luck, but it is an outstanding field as well. So it's um, there's a number of chances in the race. Uh, speaking of uh, a couple of your well, with no disrespect, second stringers, you I saw on social media that you're prepping a few of them in Perth for a tilt at the Group Ones over there. Yeah, over the next uh, two weeks, we'll be sending possibly four over. We've got two in this week, which is Bacali and and not available. Again, I'll, I'll be a bit cautious this week because not available, just desperate for the inside. That's what he needs. He, and he's drawn box eight again. And so I think he's had three box eights in his uh, Perth campaign over the last two years. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's, he's you know, the main thing is he sees the track again and uh, and hopefully draw a good draw next week or the week after. But And uh, and Bacali, I thought, was a return to form, even though he didn't qualify in last week. And uh, he's unfortunately they didn't have a 700 for him, so he's in the 600. So again, I'd be looking to the weeks after this and just use this as a look at the track. Yeah, I agree. I think he's been going quite well. Uh, go back to that run at the Meadows uh, over the 600 a couple of starts ago. I, I thought I agreed with you. He really looked like he'd come back to some good form. Rob, yeah, let's a, hope anyway. As a Melbourne Demons fan, I know all about going over to Perth and having some bad luck. So <laughs> you know the drill. Rob, I think yeah. that brings the uh, brings us to the end. Thank you so much for uh, being our second ever guest on the Non Chasers. Third time's a charm. We've uh, we promised that this one will be getting live and uh, and over the airwaves. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Rob. So thank you very much. No worries, guys. I hope I don't get a phone call in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Rob. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Bye. Welcome back to the Non Chasers here on SEN Track for Sports Bet. A little bit of a different show. We've heard from Martin Attard, the interview we uh, conducted about three years ago now. And, of course, we just heard from Robbie Britton. The final um, little gander down memory lane we're going to have is with Cindy Alderson. We spoke to her last year in May um, on an episode called Crossing Codes. Of course, she is a thoroughbred trainer and, of course, an owner in the great caper as well. And this is what unfolded when we sat down and had a chat to Cindy Alderson here on the Non-Chasers. Back... On the non-chasers here, nice little opening uh, split there from the boys, but we've got the guest. We've got the guest who we've teased, and it's not Cricket Australia, initial CA, Gunner. You've been chewing my ear off to say I'm introducing this guest, a female guest. Who have we got on the non-chasers today? 
Yeah, so our first female uh, guest of the non-chasers, which is fantastic. This lady has been on the back of horses since the young age of three. She won a state-level equestrian championship. She obtained her training licence in 1990, has worked across the world in the UK, USA and New Zealand. She formed one of the first racing partnerships, training partnerships with Father Colin in 2006. But most importantly... She's the owner of Superstar Greyhound. You tell me. Welcome, Cindy Alderson. Ooh. Well, thank you, uh, Gunnar. That's a very auspicious welcome. I only hope I can keep up with it. <laughs> sure you can, Cindy. That's a tremendous little intro- introduction. Cindy, tell us how. You, you're, a, you're a racehorse trainer, but you're, you're in the thick of it with uh, Greyhound ownership. How do you, how do you balance the, the time between the two loves, we're going to say? <laughs> well, one of them's pretty easy. That's the greyhound. I don't have to do anything with that. I can just enjoy it. So I'm on the other side of the fence and I'm loving it, especially when she's going as fast as she has been. Yes, going very nicely at the moment, but stepping up in grades and coming up against the likes of uh, Simon told Helen last night, which is uh, not, not easy. No, she didn't have the best of luck last night with the draw and um, and they're pretty fast dogs, but... Uh, Look, she's been an um, absolute delight uh, to have. Uh, she's just such a, I don't know, I, I'm just getting a lot of enjoyment out of it, much more than I anticipated. Uh, probably no shortage due to the fact that we reared them as well at the farm, so I knew her from a young age. We'll, we'll touch on uh, your mum a little bit later on, but we want to know what's it like watching a greyhound that you own versus a horse that you train? Can you talk to some of the emotions or, or the differences <laughs> in emotion between the greyhound track and, and the thoroughbred track? Uh, I think I think with the greyhound, um, you've got a lot more freedom um, from the respect that you don't have to be answerable to anybody uh, because you're the owner. Um, and the other thing too is there's a lot of luck involved. So you know pretty early on whether you're in or out of luck with the greyhound. It's over fairly quickly. That's, that's probably one of the downsides. You don't get to enjoy it for as long. But um, the other part of it is too that you don't, you're not under any pressure and you don't have to explain to anybody and you haven't got the angst uh, if the jockey's pulled the wrong rein on it or something like that. I mean, you can you can be begrudging at the other dog that might have run into it, but at the end of the day, you know that it, it comes down to luck and there's not a lot of control over that. I was going to say, racing, oh, sorry, go you on. Sort of got lots of, you've got lots of things to complain about with racing. It goes I, on for longer. Jockey's made the wrong decision, all that oh, stuff. Oh, they do. You can't get a jockey on a greyhound. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, not not having to deal with jockeys must be um, must be some sort of relief at times. Well, um, at the moment, since she's been racing, we've sort of been locked out. So, but um, yeah, it is very much just um, spectating from the outside the ring with them. But yeah, you're right. You don't have to listen to any um, excuses, um, and you don't have to make up any excuses. So. <laughs> That's uh, a bit easier. Cindy, um, we touched on the fact that your mum is involved. Um, can you tell us a bit about your family's involvement in greyhounds, how, how they got involved and and uh, and, er- and everything in, in that sense? Okay, well, um, I my grandfather, my mother's father, um, Maury Nowland, he, he, um, he took up greyhound training later in life after coming back from the war and I think he was looking at something to keep up his exercise levels um, and he'd race pigeons and all that at, at a younger age. So there's a bit of racing in the blood there and um, he just took up the greyhound training along with my uncle David and uh, they had quite a bit of success. I think they had a, a world record holder in Ginger Mick and another really good dog called Black Man Ray and Cha Cha. So they had some nice dogs but um, probably didn't get to the top level and only a small number of dogs but 
I remember um, helping my grandfather walk them and feed them and just um, and they were sort of any of the greyhounds that didn't um, race on with them were often found inside the house as pets so there'd be two or three of them inside the house as pets so I developed a love for the greyhound really early on um, and then obviously I moved on to racing racehorses and didn't really have time and then mum just rang out of the blue one day and said asked me to ask Dean Lester actually something about a, a dog and I, I didn't I thought she was drinking I think she said <laughs> star for or something I thought oh, she's taken up drinking at her age but, um, <laughs> She uh, was actually interested in getting a greyhound and so that's how she got the mother of these pups, uh, which is a lot of luck. And then she raced quite well uh, for Graham Joes and then she took a long while to come in season but they decided to put her in fold to, oh, sorry, in pup to <laughs> Fernando Bale. The horse terms are sneaking back in and that's um, that's the result and we raised them at the farm. Um, there was eight puppies in total and... Uh, look, I, I'm also I also have better watch out and um, Gypsy's luck as well, but uh, probably a lot of uh, you tell me is my favourite because uh, when they first got off the little kennel truck that took brought them back from um, Warrnambool where they were um, whelped, um, she was the first dog that came over to me. I was there and she licked me on the hand, so that was it. We were sealed up at that stage. Fantastic. And yeah, you've done well. Uh, excellent choice of sire to go to Fernando Bale and, and very fortunate to get eight beautiful pups out of that litter. Um, and is your mum looking at breeding any more from a lot of luck after after such success with this litter? And more yeah, importantly, if there's one that hasn't raced, it's about to race. This is where Shagger really likes to get the angle ahead of the marketplace. Uh, well, Shaga, it's not even been conceived yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're well ahead of the market. <laughs> um, so, no, the, all the pups out of that litter have been accounted for and have raced. I think there's only one that hasn't won a race. So it's been a really good litter. Um, she doesn't come into season a lot, the bitch, um, and she's currently residing with mum and dad at their house in Mornington with um, a miniature fox terrier and a silky terrier. So... Maybe they're um, maybe if she comes into season, they might give it some consideration. Um, but she isn't the youngest bitch in the world, and probably um, if she did have another litter of pups, it would be you know this would be a last litter. Yeah, Cindy, I can sense the first tri- triple threat trainer combo coming on the pigeon racing, the greyhound racing, and the thoroughbred racing. That would be a bit of a spectacle. Hey, well, I want... that's right. Well, I did, we did have trotters at one stage. Oh, oh, oh wow. quadruple. What else do they race in, around the world? We might just slap that on your CV too. I want to play some audio from last November. I want you to listen to this and tell me your thoughts when this finishes. Uh I reckon I'm, I'm going all out, and I'm sorry to the connections if I put a sword in this, but this dog in race two tomorrow night at Sandown, I think it'll be featuring in the Melbourne Cup next year. It's trained by Cal Greeno, owned by horse trainer Cindy Alderson. This dog looks an absolute superstar in the making. Uh, better it? watch out. Ooh, better watch out. Better watch out in the Melbourne Cup this year. Is it a chance? Uh. Well, I think you put the, the moz on it. <laughs> I did, Cindy, and I'm, I apologise for that unreservedly. I think you mozzed him. Um, oh, I don't know. I think um, speaking to Cal about him, he, he says he has some um, mood issues. <laughs> Didn't know that. Not you know, I've learnt about issues with the catching pen and now nude issues. Perhaps brought on no, by all mood. the pressure oh, of mood. the uh, boot. I said nude issues. I was like, what? I'd be worried if a dog had nude issues. There's not much we can do. That's right, mate. Um, Cindy, there's a 
This might seem like a weird. This might now. This might seem like a weird question, but there's a dog racing tomorrow night in uh, Cannington called Cindy's Oliver. Now, do you have any sentimental connection to the name Oliver by any chance? Is it your pet's name? Is it uh, your no. first love? No, no <laughs> sentimental training. No. Okay, okay, no. all right. Well, that not so. not Damien Oliver. No, not at this stage. <laughs> well, we, we good, qu- it there. good question, Patty. Craig oh, Williams is no stuck. dice. They will go on. Okay, well, we might um, bypass it for a, for an but omen. There was, but... I think, there was one. I can't remember its name, but it was in You Tell Me's first race, and it had Cindy in its name, and it ran second. And I probably should have taken the Quinella, but I'm not a betting person, and uh, I think the Quinella paid really well that day. Very nice. Smoke and Cindy, I think that was. Yeah, it was. It was Smoke and yep. Cindy. That's oh, Shagger, the encyclopedia of greyhound <laughs> racing. Um, I'll tell you what, Shagger. I hope you don't um, pick one of my dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shagger will will put some uh, some thrust into it. Kit Gunner, on the other hand, he'll be the he'll be the monster. Yeah, I won't, I won't <laughs> do it to you again, Cindy. Uh, no. Given the family history, was there ever a thought to go down the greyhound training path? Um, no, not initially, but I must admit when I first got this, when we got this litter and we went and watched them trial when they were getting broken in and that, I thought, oh, I might do this. But Dwayne Dunn did mention to me that, um, we were talking about it one day, he said, uh, stick to what you know. So I decided <laughs> not, to, not to take on the greyhound training industry. Fair enough. I probably would be really bad at it anyway, because, um, you know, I, I just... Yeah, I'm just not. It's not for me. I don't think. But mm. I, I mean, Cal's doing a great job, so I'm not complaining. Not at all. You do a great job, Cindy. To wrap up, we play a game with our guests on the non-chasers, and normally it's called Know Your Tracks. Um, but you know, you're not being the greyhound trainer. I won't quiz you on greyhound trap distances. I'm going to quiz you whether or not you know uh, of the thoroughbred tracks with greyhound tracks in the middle. So I'm going to give you three, and it's a true or false. Has it got? Has this thoroughbred track got a greyhound track in the middle, all right? Okay. Question number one, nice easy one just to find your feet. Cranbourne, yes or no? True. True. Very quick, sharp. I like it. Question two, Bundaberg, Queensland. False. True. It's got a nice little grass track, I believe, up there in Bundaberg. Yeah, there's no grass anywhere else. It's just barren. (laughs) Could be what the problem is. It might have been a racetrack. And the lucky last, question three, Trelgan. True. Correct. Two out of three, that's a pass mark. Well done, Cindy. Very good stuff. Now, Cindy, before you go, give everything a plug that you've got going. If it's it's Twitter, your website, et cetera. If uh, people have got so much money from backing you, tell me that they want to get involved in buying a thoroughbred, uh, give your business a plug. Uh, well, we're just, it's pretty simple. It's just cindy at alderson.com.au or reception at alderson.com. But uh, not a lot on offer. Um, probably a, the nicest horse at the moment, I think, that's on offer is an Astern filly, but she hasn't gone on the website yet. With the coronavirus, we've been a bit reluctant to um, worry about that. But she's out of um, Grey Song's family, so she's just broken in. We're really happy with her. So, yeah, if you want to get involved, give us a bell. All right, and you've got what you, and you've got to run her tomorrow. Can uh, you tip? Tip our loyal audience into into one tomorrow. Uh, I think he probably wants further than a mile at this stage. So all right, um, honest. That's just um, getting him up and going. The name for the black book? Play me now. Play me now. I like it, Cindy. Thank you very very much for coming on the non chasers. We appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. Cheers. Cheers. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed the little trip down memory lane here on the non-chasers. We spoke to Martin Attard. We spoke to Robbie Britton and Cindy Alderson. Uh, with the Warnable Carnival next week, we also will be uh, doing another one of these special episodes. We're going to go through uh, past interviews with Peter Lagogiani, an absolute ripper, Matty Clark, and, of course, the great interview with Cal Greeno when he told us all about Plugger Locket. But for now... If you are going to have a punt on anything on the Sports of App or the Greyhounds, please do so in a responsible manner. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.